Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Bob Salter, joined by David Schoonmaker. David is the founder of Chalkin Social. That's Chalkin, C-H-A-L-K-I-N, apostrophe, social. And the website is chalkinsocial.com. We're going to find out what Chalkin Social is all about. And we're going to be talking about this, um, some might say, lost art of communication, especially in the way that we're going to be talking about it. Now, some of you are thinking, wait a minute, lost art of communication? Isn't communication so much easier with all the devices? Well, hang on for a second. Hang on, because David's going to introduce an idea or two or three, or more on that topic. It's nice, first of all, to have you join us on our program. Thank you so much, Bob. I appreciate it. Now, we're going to have some fun in this discussion, and there are some serious areas to get into as well. But at the heart of this discussion is this idea that there are ways to communicate more effectively than most people are doing right now. And at the root of that is there's too much dependence on electronic devices. Is that right? Yep. There's no doubt. I think there's too much dependence on for kids and adults. When you say that, some people are going to say, well, wait a minute. The technology's there. The technology's great. Well, why shouldn't we use it? Yep. No, you're absolutely right. And I think technology's amazing. There's great you know, ways to help in education with technology. Technology, obviously, we're on it every day. There's plenty here in this studio that we're looking at today. Um, I think it just needs to be complemented more with more analog tools. That way you could have your unique technology that people will use, but there also needs to be some encouragement to have face-to-face discussions and not utilize technology and to utilize some analog tools and printed materials and things and board games again and playing in the street football and wiffle ball and things that kids aren't doing these days because they're downloading their video games and sitting in their rooms. And, you know, when I mention parents are also, you know, this generation of kids have parents who are, you know, 20 years younger than me. I'm 49. So you have, you know, a 29 year old mom with a 10 year old kid and she's on her you know, iPhone all the time as well, going on Instagram and seeing who's liking photos. So, and all of a sudden now she's not having that in-depth conversation with her son or daughter. So what's happening is all of these conversations now between kids and adults or kids and adults, adults and adults, kids and kids, they get interrupted. So it's no different than Bob, you and I having this conversation and we're in an in-depth, great discussion, and someone walks right in between us and suddenly just says, hey, I'm blocking this because I just sent this text that came through. <laughs> so all of a sudden, mom says, hang on, right. I'll get back to you, you know, Phil, because I need to go ahead and review this text. 
And then mom's gone for five minutes and comes back and Phil's now watching it and they never finish that conversation. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. So there's never that fulfillment of a conversation. You never really learn enough from it. And I think that's kind of the conversation needs to have a start and a subject matter and then it needs to have a conclusion. And rarely that conclusion ever happens because everything gets interrupted. And how many times do you go out, you know, in a, a previous discussion we had, you mentioned the dinner table. Mm-hmm. You go out and start a discussion at a dinner table, and eight people start interrupting. Everyone's checking their iPhones, and you leave the dinner so frustrated saying, I don't know one thing about anyone at this table. I, 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 I'm frustrated. I just want to go home now and bring the two coolest people and actually get to know them. Find out what their life is, what they're about, who they are. And, you know, again, it, it's probably something with maturing and aging and realizing that the time we have left, I want to spend it with people that help me grow more, that help me, you know, nurture the things that I love where we have similar interests because those are the people then who get together and make magical things happen. And those are the conversations that I'm trying to have now and that I'm trying to help people like teachers, influencer students to do the same. That, hey, this is not time to use your iPhone in class. France is banning iPhones in elementary and middle school starting in September. I mean, it's just like this is this is not the United States. This is all over the world. And with the removable chalkboard on the hat, you can any language can be written on a chalk and social chalkboard. So yeah, I have an Instagram page. I have a Facebook page. So in a way, it's a bit contradictory to what I talk about. But at the same time, I need those to promote the product. But there's nothing more incredible than seeing somebody in Moscow writing something in Russian on a chalk and social hat, which makes you realize, hey, my slogan is get the world talking by chalking. It is a reality. I, mean, I think it can happen. I was in Tulum, Tulum, Mexico, and everyone's writing, you know, writing. Everyone writes in different languages on the hats. And that was my goal from the get go. So, you know, I'm a one-man show. I have volunteers who help me. I have family that helps me. I have friends that help me. But, you know, eventually I'm hoping there's an opportunity where there's different distribution centers throughout the world where everyone can utilize this in the educational system. And maybe people help me refine the product, make it better, suggest other line extensions. Because let's face it, it's not always just going to be about a chalkboard hat. Mm-hmm. I, want, I, want other, I want to encourage other companies to create analog tools I don't need to make money from it. I just want to say, hey, you're creating great technologies. Create something that reminds that child, hey, you know what? Now take two hours off your iPhone, and we're going to give you 10 points towards a video game at the end of the year. But you know what? Make three new friends in class today. How about how about create an app? Like there's something that Apple just created. I think it's called uh, Screen Time. And I think parents can input when they mm. shut the phone down. Mm. Well, why not create something, though, that actually makes it more of a game? You know what? Hey, why not shut your, shut your phone down for four hours? But tell somebody in class a story you've never told before. Raise your hand in class and share something. Meet the person next to you in class. Meet the person next to you at the Yankee game when you're there. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it give people sort of make it a game where they're learning because kids, again, they were born with an iPhone in their hands in this generation. So they don't understand. They don't think they're not doing anything wrong. But the fact of the matter is, you know, depression rates are higher. 
than ever. Suicide rates for teenagers is higher than ever. Loneliness is higher than ever. I mean, you know, if you ask people, 50% of our population will admit that they're shy because, you know, you have kids in the room all day on their phones, then they go to school, and then you put, you know, bring them to a Yankee game with 70,000 people, and they're holding on to their mom's leg. Like, oh, my God, there's so many, like, what do I do? How do I talk? And that's kind of scary when you think about, you know, who are going to be the future leaders of companies. Who's going to, you know, who are going to be the spokespeople? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's all of a sudden, hey, guys, thanks for coming out to this talk. I'm going to be texting you from the stage to so just look at your phones. I mean, is that what's going to happen? <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, try to reverse the trend that's happening or at least slow it down. Because you know what? It's probably, here's another incredible TED Talk, and I forgot the the, the speaker. But he essentially says that, you know, People spend, you know, the same amount of time pretty much in the workday. A lot more people, of course, work from home today, perhaps, or they're entrepreneurs. But he's like, let's say 60% of your day is work. Mm-hmm. Uh, 30% of your day is, you know, dinner time and sort of like survival. So that's 90. And he's like, the other 10% is you could do whatever you want. And he goes, if you go back, you know, 15 years, that 10% was filled with 80% of going out with your friends and doing this and that. And 20% of that 10% was on devices. Now it's just the opposite. 80% of that 10% of time that you could do anything in the world that you want is spent on your device. It's not, you know, no one's ringing the bell to get their kids home for dinner anymore because the kids are already in the house on their phones. And, Mm. And that's, you know, that's what's happening. And this is everywhere now, you know. I mean, I guess maybe timing was right when I, you know, created Chalk and Social. But I feel like everything I'm reading and hearing is just more and more about the challenges that social media causes. And, you know, it's like you have the investors of Facebook and Apple saying, you know, we knew these devices, these kids would get addicted to the devices. You know, Steve Jobs, I think, said he didn't even let his kids use the iPad when it first came out. Because he knew they'd be on it all the time. Think about that. <laughs> yes, I mean, that, come on. That, that, that so how about a lot. help yeah. us out, Apple, and let's create <laughs> some more analog tools. Partner with us, and everyone who gets an iPhone gets a chalk and social hat to at least say, hey, we are encouraging real face-to-face communication. You know, you can't. It's just not enough is not being done. Okay. This idea of face-to-face communication. Yep. This gets into an interesting area because in another aspect of my life, I spend time in the classroom in a couple of different types of classrooms because I've taught in the trade school. I've taught in several different college classes, and I still do. And one of the areas, one of the classes I teach are public speaking and something called human communication. Yeah. One of the interesting areas... The number of students, because I try to get to know people in the classes, and a lot of them are really put off because day one, I come at them with, I want you to get up in front of the class, (laughs) and I I want you to answer these questions, your name, your major or field of interest, 
something you'd like us to know about you and something you feel we need to know about how, you. How white did their face turn? <laughs> I have people who start shaking yeah. literally. And I'm always shocked by the number of people who get up and they'll talk about their name, they'll talk about their major field of interest, and they want to shut down right there. Yeah. They're not willing to open up of some, something they'd like us to know about. Oh, you know. And then, you know, the, you take the other step. To, well, I don't think there's anything that you need to know about me. I don't think there's anything that I'd like you to know about. Yeah, yeah, whoa, yeah. whoa. It's like. I love what you said because Keo Stark has an incredible TED Talk about why it's important to talk with strangers. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, you know, we're so used to being with a certain group of people where we're only comfortable speaking about certain things. When you meet a stranger, you know, I've been in taxi drivers where they're telling me about, you know, the operation that they had. And it's just like you're sharing different things. And just like, you know, that was their opportunity to share something about themselves with strangers who would eventually become their friends. What I'm more shocked about in schools these days is when I go in and present and I ask, hey, do you mind if I ask you in the corner back there, what's your name? Oh, yeah, my name's Joe. Joe, do you know this person in this corner? No, I don't know their name. I mean, I remember when I went to school, I knew everyone's name after the first couple of classes. Mm -hmm. So even that's changed. And that's, you know, I'm not going to say it's the fault of the educator it's just a fault of the whole system these days. People don't reinforce the names. And you don't know why? I meet you today, Bob, and then all of a sudden, if I'm on my iPhone for the next two weeks, I'm probably going to forget your name. But if I'm not and I keep face-to-face with you, I'm going to remember your name. Right. And that's, it's, it's again, that's another lost art. These kids aren't making friends in class, and that's a real challenge. And for, you know, I know when the last discussion we had regarding uh, some autism discussions, the biggest challenge kids have with autism is making friends. And the way you make friends is to have face-to-face discussions because then you have trust. It's like when I, you know, when I met Amir who helped me with the production of the hats and securing the materials, when we met, there was a trust I had. I now got to know you and I got to know that you teach and you care about kids and with hearing impairment and, and you've done some amazing caring things. I trust you. Like I, like I, I'd love to do something with you in the future. And that's what happens. I don't think people get to a point where they trust each other anymore because most of the things people text and post on social media is not even real. It's, and they're lies. <laughs> I mean, there, there's, there, there's been talks that basically everyone just lies about everything now. Right. Because they're in a competition. It's Mm -hmm. fear of missing out. And I always would joke for years. And then finally there was someone who mentioned the the importance of missing out. And I said, you know, and I wrote on Facebook, I said, guys, I've been saying this for five years. I've been saying LMO. I love missing out. Because then all of you want to know what the heck I was doing. Right? (laughs) Because I already know you were all at that party. Well, I wasn't. But what did I do? It was probably more special. So... It's just, uh, you know, it, 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 it fascinates me. And nice that you're using LMO versus the people who do the LMAO. Yeah, that's, absolutely. That's, that's <laughs> right, right. Okay. I now, love missing out. <laughs> right, exactly. One of the things that also comes up in the situation with the college students, yep. too, is the number of people who will, if they do start to open up, 
they're now saying, I have social anxiety. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's like a buzzword now of, I have social anxiety. I've, I've, I've been diagnosed with social anxiety. And I'm first of all, I'm shocked at how many are coming forth huh? in that regard. And then I start to realize their communication skills are just, are just not there. No, they're not nurtured with the appropriate communication skills. Yeah, if they in, were, they wouldn't feel that fear in front of other people. Right. In many cases, there's nothing. There's, some cases, there's absolutely nothing that you're starting with. No, no, nothing at all, but a device and not actually communicating with somebody. Right. Right. I mean, you know, it's funny. When I was at University of Connecticut, I failed one class. And that class was nonverbal communication. So I feel like today that was the perfect class for me to fail, and it makes perfect sense because I'm a face-to-face, I want to get to know somebody kind of person. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's just the way to get to know someone more. When you're talking with people about, you know, the concepts behind chalk and social, sure. how has the receptiveness to this changed since the time that you first started talking about this in other words are you getting a more receptive audience you know it's it's i have never had anyone well okay scratch that i have never had anyone who was a parent who was educated who i've never had anyone say anything negative about it except for let's say some of the wise guy haters on facebook who might write something nasty, which, you know, happened. Hey, you know, your hat is the yeah, 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 vulgarity, vulgarity, vulgarity. Mm-hmm. And the guy's name, I remember, was Hugh Mungus, mm-hmm. right? That was his Facebook game. Right. And you know what I wrote? Hugh Rock. And I wrote it on my hat, and I would answer all my replies with a photo of me wearing the chalkboard <laughs> hat with my crazy hair. And he said, man... That's pretty cool. So, you know, the hat is as cool as you want to make it. I've never had a parent say, that's a bad idea. But I will say at one moment, I was a little bit challenged when I was focusing on autism. Mm -hmm. Because then I had some of the hipster kids say, hey, I'm the hipster in my school. but I don't want people to think I have autism. So I was kind of challenged with that a bit where people were like, oh, I don't really want your hat. But then all of a sudden I started making it, well... The hats for everybody in the world. It just has a very special place in these other areas. And isn't it wonderful to be able to help some of those people? So I wish, I mean, if more people said that's a terrible idea, I wouldn't be sitting with you here right now. Believe me. What motivated me was the successful business people that I knew said, man, you really created something amazing. I've had people tell me it's a billion-dollar idea. I've had people tell me, you know, we'd go to restaurants and, you know, there'd be 30 servers and all of us would be wearing the hats. They'd be begging us for the hats and all the servers would be wearing the hats and we'd go back to the house without the hats on. I mean, so, yeah, you know, I have people that I've, you know, tortilla flats and restaurants in New York and Mm -hmm. other places. They'll wear the hats and have some fun. But I've never had anyone say, wow, that's a really terrible idea to get people to communicate face-to-face. I mean, how can you say that? I have some moms, you know, or, or, or teachers say we're concerned about sharing hats because of lice and, you know, those types of issues. But I say, but the chalkboards are removable. 
And inside the kids' hats, there's a tag that says, hello, my name is, and they could fill in their kid's name. Mm -hmm. So no one should be taking their hat. Each kid gets their individual hat. And believe me, I know schools have budgets, so there are schools that actually purchase the hats. But where they don't or they miss the budget cutoff, I want to donate the hat. And then I usually say, I'll have photo consent forms, so if you can get your parents to sign that. You know, if I'm going to give you free hats, I at least need some feedback in return of a video or a photo and something that helps me educate other teachers and parents. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the way it's been going. But I've never had anyone say, well, that's the worst idea I've ever seen in my life. I've had some people say, ah, that's not, it's, that's a horrible looking hat. You know, you should make it different colors and patterns. And I say, well, the whole idea is to, you're the creator, Create the chalkboard. Make as many colors as you want. Make, it's, it is what you write. If you want to be cool, write something cool. If you want to sound smart, write something that makes you sound smart on the chalkboard. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you, you're in control of it. It's just a hat. And inside the hat, you'll see. I mean, it has a world globe that represents the entire world. Get the world talking by chalking. So wherever you are, you can communicate. And every country is having the same issues. And every country is finding more and more cases of autism, and they're learning more about it and learning how to treat it and learning what it is. Um, and it's, uh, it's going to continue to expand. You know, why? You know, you mentioned social anxiety. Mm-hmm. I think that has a lot to do with that kids are just more used to communicating with their phone. They go into a room and they stand in a corner and they're on their phone instead of communicating with kids. Um, you know, when, uh, I had a girl reach out to me and goes, this is the dumbest idea. Cause I have social anxiety. She goes, I can't even look somebody in the eye. And I said, well, how about I send you a free hat? Can you, would you at least try it? And you know what? About two weeks later, she goes, you know what? I wore your hat. She goes, it was the first time I was able to say thank you to the pizza delivery guy. Cause I didn't have to look him in the eye, but I wrote thank you on the hat. And I said, that's amazing, right? I mean, that's the beautiful stuff that keeps me going, right? I mean, that's the beautiful stuff that I'm, you know, what are you just, I've invested a you know, decent amount of money into it. Mm-hmm. I can care less that I haven't made that money back because those testimonials and those beautiful stories, I get to talk about that and inspire people. And I think I've inspired some of my friends to be like, wow, I want to do good things. I want to create some kind of legacy and something that stays behind. And I thought of going on Shark Tank and being like, you know what, guys? All of you take 20% of Chalk and Social. I'll just take $1 per hat in perpetuity. You guys just take it. I don't want any money from you. Just take the company, run with it, because I know you will make that vision worldwide and massive. And, and, And then I'll go ahead and take that dollar in perpetuity, and I'll write a contract and sign 50% and donate it to the foundation. You know, for me, it's just been, oh, my God, I created a consumer product that people are using all over the world. Mm-hmm. That's insanity. I never, I never expected <laughs> that. I'm no, like, I never thought I was some scientist inventor. <laughs> I just came up with an idea. But what I found that since Chalk and Social, I think every conversation I have with friends at home now is all just creative ideas. Hey, what about this? What about that? And there's a, uh, you know, a country singer who helps autistic kids sing. And he basically, one child, there was a video up, and 
he sings Vertigo by U2. Mm-hmm. And I had this crazy idea because I'm like, you know, I'm all, I never play an instrument. I love music. And I had this crazy idea to say, wow, what about limited edition airguitars.com? And it's $100 to buy for that, that, buy that gift for someone who you never know what to buy them, <laughs> but you buy them a limited edition air guitar that comes in an inexpensive guitar case with a letter that explains what that limited edition guitar is. And 90% of that $100 goes to a fund that helps autistic kids who are musicians or musicians with disabilities or, or, or missing limb or anything. And it's just, it's since, since Chalk and Social, everything that I think about sort of revolves around how to create something just to help other people. And I find now that I'm surrounding myself with people who also are doing the same thing. Mm. When you walk down the street yeah. in New York City yeah. with the hat on, yeah. what's the reaction? Um, you, you're asked by 20 people, what's up with the hat? It mm-hmm. all depends what you write on it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you put a big smiley face, people might smile at you. If you write, ask me about my hat, they're going to be like, what's up with the hat? Right? If you write, you know, New York Yankees, you might get a Red Sox fan that says, ah, boo. You know, it's it really is, it all depends on what you express. You know, I was at, uh, I had jury duty recently. So I was in, you know, the, the quiet jury hall down on Court Street. And so quiet on both sides. And you're just waiting for names to be called. And then they have a two-hour lunch break. And when I came back from the lunch break, I said, I'm going to wait until everyone's seated. And I came in and wrote on my hat, hey, who took my seat? And I walked around, just everyone just started laughing. And I was like, you know what? It's just what you write on the hat. You know, if you, some people just, you could walk over the blank chalkboard and just say, you know what? I'm clueless today. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's just, uh, you could draw a picture. You could, and when I think of, you know, uh, you know, new era hats and, you know, people buying 10 different team hats. You could buy one chalk and social hat and just change the team logo and save yourself seven six hundred bucks. You know, buy one thirty dollar hat and just keep changing it. So, you know, there's plenty of unique ways that I could advertise it, but it's just, you know, it's it, it, it the hat is who you want to be. You know, if you're a teacher, if you're an oncology nurse and you just want your patients to smile, draw a smiley face. If you're really expressive, if you're at a rock concert, you want to write the band. I go to a concert. I saw Erasure recently with uh, a, a friend of mine, and she wrote E-R-A on her hat, and I wrote S-U-R-E. So together it was Erasure. That was a band we saw. Lead singer of the band comes up to us, shakes our hand. I mean, that's just magical stuff that happens, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, it's it, you know, so, hey, I'm creative. Some people feel they're not creative, but I think everybody has creativity in them, and everybody certainly wants to express themselves at times. And this is simply a tool that helps people express themselves. All right. Let me mention something that, again, may seem like this is from the Stone Ages as a concept of communication. A fax machine? Oh, no, I I wasn't going there. In some cases, some people would reference something further back in time. A handwritten note. Yeah. Huge. I'll tell you a true story. Yeah. Today, before you came in here, because I was in here early this morning. I told you, I get in, I get in here at 3.30 in the morning. 3.30 like, in the morning. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am crazy. Okay. 
I had the desire to write a note yeah. to one of, my, one of my coworkers and make it a little something just as kind of a, hot, a hello and attach this to the little something and uh, lift it in her area. Just saying hi. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Okay. I didn't have the temptation to text her. Correct. I didn't have the temptation to go on the computer and type out what I was saying and print that out. And to me, that doesn't have the same impact. Yeah. No. And I'm going to use that word impact you, you, as the hand written. I 100% notes. agree. And you want to know why? Because look at your phone and there's 50 text messages waiting for you to read them. Right. Look at your computer and there's 100 emails that come in, you know, and half of them are below the computer screen that you're not even going to get to. Mm-hmm. There's one handwritten note. There's not 100 of them waiting in line. So it gets the attention. Right. And it differentiates you from every other message. Right. I had a friend who was. Uh, interviewing with a modeling agency. And I said, well, how'd the meeting go? And she said, well, the meeting went really well. I said, well, you followed up, right? She goes, yeah, I was going to text them and send an email. And I said, no. (laughs) I said, go to the drugstore and buy a card Mm -hmm. and write them a handwritten note. Right. And I guarantee it will be the first handwritten note they've seen in 10 years. Right. And that's it. And you know what? They thanked her. They said it was really sweet. But they were looking for someone who was brunette and not blonde. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, she'll always be in their mind saying she tried to differentiate herself. And there's something else very important that happened. She actually got a response. Of course. 100. As opposed to that text or that email and it wasn't or whatever. Or, and it wasn't an email or text response. It was like, wow, that was really sweet. Thank you. Yes. Right? You're a good person. Yeah. And it takes the time. And it's like, again, everything's so immediate now. Ah. You know what it is? It's everything so immediate. So when you send the text, you expect a text right back. When you write a note, I mean, you used to send a letter in the mail, and you knew they wouldn't get it for five days. So for that five days, you were analyzing your head. Wow, is she going to go to dinner with me? Is she not? What's she going to think? Should I not include the picture of my family in it? I mean, it's the things that went you were concocting 10 different scenarios and then when suddenly your phone rang and she's like, hey, I got your card. I'd love to go out with you Thursday. That was a one-week process that now is – that happens in 30 seconds. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, hey, here's a picture of me and my family. You want to go to dinner Thursday? Yeah, that's great. Done. Boom. Right. Everything happens too fast. And I think it's hurting relationships. I think it's hurting the dating scene. I think it's hurting the length of marriages. I think it's just – I think – Hey, if I meet someone I fall in love with, it's like there's no need for us to be on Facebook and Instagram. I think it's just another distraction from doing what's more important in nurturing a relationship and a family. But everybody wants that instant gratification. They want the instant answer. All right. Again, but maybe they're not getting the gratification from their spouse. Well, that may or, be or their or their kids aren't right. getting it from their parents. But if every time your friend walked in the door and said, "Wow." You look amazing. How was your day today? How was this? How was that? Maybe they don't need as much of that than from the other people that they're seeking it from. You know, hey, that's a beautiful picture. I love it. You know what? 
you know, and maybe then they don't need to post it to have 800 other guys saying, oh, I like it, I like it, I like it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just getting out of hand. And I feel like even, I mean, if you want to talk intimacy or interest levels in dating, you know, all of a sudden you, know, you see so much of these photos and these selfies that there's just nothing that differentiates people anymore. It's kind of like I've already seen almost every inch of your body. So it's like, okay, it's not like that person there who's wearing that full-length gown who I can't say anything I'm more interested in. It's more mysterious now to me. It's just there's too much out there too quickly, and everyone needs everything immediate. I had somebody – I mean, I deleted some people from Instagram because I just didn't know who they were. (laughs) I mean, you know, or they have a different name. And I'm like, okay, so – I delete them, and I had one friend, like, say, I'm crying. Why did you delete me? What happened? And I'm like, I couldn't believe how much she cared. <laughs> I was like, because I deleted you, like, is life now no good? I mean, just unbelievable. People really take it personally. Or why didn't you like the photo I posted this afternoon? I don't know, because I was busy talking with somebody, and I, I wasn't just on my phone all day. Exactly. I mean, it's it's like the expectation is, you know, I'm sorry I took a nap for three hours. I'm sorry I didn't wake up in the middle of my nap and text you back because you said, hey, what's up later? I mean, whoa, that's emergency. I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, I, we can have a 20-hour conversation about this, and, and I don't think anybody ever – denies it even people who are on social media all the time they agree it's an issue they don't want to be on it as much but they are absolutely addicted to it and there's a generation that as you've mentioned you know the devices basically came with birth sure all right it's this is and they came they, they, they came from birth and then they were adopted in education right so suddenly kids had ipads kids had computers in college classrooms, mm-hmm. it just changed. I mean, I, I don't know. I I will admit I don't carry on a notebook anymore with things. I do take my notes on my computer. But, you know, even that, it was like just the handwritten note. It's like it just almost was easier to retain because you knew what you learned. Right. That's what you wrote down. And right. then you highlighted it and you memorized it again. But, again, kids today don't know that that was any better. Some people fight it and say, you know what? What they have today is better. It's just a matter of how you use it. And that's really the truth. It's like how you use that. So if parents say, we're going to limit it to two hours a day, and you're only going to look at these educational types of things, well, that's great. But most, you know, and and one of the biggest issues is sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. Is that there's so much ADHD these days. And a lot of it's because these kids aren't getting any sleep because they sleep with their phones. Even Sherry Turkle on that, uh, on the uh, Connected But Alone TED Talk, she said, even I sleep with my iPhone, and my daughter does. So she goes, at 4 in the morning, your phone, you know, bings, and your sleep pattern's now off. Now you just woke up, and you're sending a text. Then you go back to sleep. No one's getting, like, that REM sleep that they used to. And I think that's a huge issue in school. And I mean, I know college students are, you know, they're not exactly, they're not exactly candidates for ADHD meds, so they have to take it just to compete with the other kids. 
I mean, that's really what college has become these days. And it's overprescribed, just mm-hmm. like, you know, antibiotics were for years, where any ailment, oh, right, take an antibiotic, where, well, actually, you know what, if you just hold out five, seven days, your body's going to defend it and it'll go away and you'll build up resistance to it. Mm. I mean, so, you know, being in the healthcare industry and helping a lot of these brands launch, sometimes it's a bit of a challenge for me because I feel like I do think things are overprescribed. But doctors are then also challenged with a parent coming in saying, well, I'm paying for this, so I kind of expect to leave with the prescription. But, uh, you know, I think think ADHD meds are uh, amazing. I know they're now helping kids with autism, but that is kind of, you know, worrisome as well because there's companies that are going to be creating molecules specifically for different spectrums of autism soon. And I think that's a really interesting area to keep an eye on. Uh, and, And that's an area that I would love to, you know, partner with those companies in the future. Where do you see us heading with communication over the next frightening i mean i could say some crazy things today but (laughs) i mean there are you know there's been shows about people already having chips implanted in their Mm -hmm. arms that allows them to open up the door and the fob and to you know ask questions and get information you have your google glasses i mean you can wear glasses and do things with it there was actually a recent thing out saying that google glasses help children with autism. Um, I forgot exactly what it helped, but it was very similar to sort of completing sentences or helping them communicate. And I said, okay, so how many families have a thousand dollars to spend on Google, Google glasses when my hat is also showing to have some advantages in that and you could spend 25 bucks. So it's, uh, I see it going in a direction that's a little bit frightening, almost to the point where I don't want to get too off subject. But there's a company called RealDoll.com mm-hmm. where you can create a real doll that looks yes. like an absolutely beautiful human being. Yes. So you don't have to talk to a real human being, and that could be your companion. That's pretty crazy. It's crazy, and it's also very expensive. Oh, yeah. They're like you know, 10 to ten to 15000 bucks. And the people who are seeking that kind of companionship, if I can phrase it that way, uh, from what I've seen and read about this, uh, the money aspect of it is no problem. No. Um, I mean, that says so many things on so many different levels. Right. Like, I don't want to have intimate discussions with a real person. I'd rather have someone not talk to me at all and just let me mm-hmm. whatever happens, happens. Right. I mean, you know? I mean, or maybe they will be able to talk, and you'll program them with only things you want to hear. Oh, you look beautiful. You look handsome today. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's kind of frightening, but I think it's getting to that point. And when you look back at the movies that, you know, we saw 20 years ago, and we were fascinated by it when Tom Cruise is writing on the glass and all the images are up, that's happening now. So it's almost like someone knows what's going to happen in 20 years. I'm not exactly that guy. But somebody knows what's going to happen in 20 years. You know, I think it was John Lennon who said, eventually there'll be a day where music is just a guy sitting at a computer. And that happened. That's it. These DJs are all at a computer. And, you know, it's like technology is fascinating. Technology is what allows you guys to do your job with Mm -hmm. your mixing boards and everything. But you just can't lose that face-to-face. And, again, 
you know, you ask anybody, you tell me one turning point in your life that happened via text, nobody will ever have an answer for you. But you tell me a turning point in your life that happened when you were face-to-face with someone, they'll say, wow, I got that job because I stood in front of a, a panel and they loved the presentation I made. And you talked about public speaking earlier. Mm. And, you know, that mm. to me is that to me is the lost art. As a matter of fact, you know, uh, Mayor de Blasio, has a program he's doing and it's like billions of dollars for physical education Mm -hmm. in all the schools. And they say, well, it's really good because physical education is good for the brain and it's good for the body. There's a lot of kids who just aren't coordinated and really hate physical education. So my feeling was I wanted to meet with Mayor de Blasio and say, you know what, why not call it physical education and social time? So those kids who don't want to play football because they can't catch a football or maybe aren't good at sports or don't like them mm-hmm. can sit around in a circle and just ask each other questions, get to know each other, learn how to socialize again, learn how to communicate. Because if there's one class in school, you kind of can talk without getting in trouble. It was physical yeah. education. Right. Every other class, it's like, up, oh, sit in the corner. You know, I stood in the corner plenty of times growing up because <laughs> I never stopped talking. <laughs> When you think of where we are, where we're going, uh, are you excited? You know, I'm, I'm I'm excited and I'm a little scared. I just, I just wonder what the next generation of kids and reproduction of more kids, what will happen? I mean, will people tune out more or will more people become aware and help build exposure to really understand that this is a problem and that, you know, maybe all of a sudden in 10 years, there will be a hundred new analog tools that are always offered with a new technology or a new video game or a new something. So I have hopes that these big companies who almost, I would say, I don't want to say they want people to get addicted to it, but they know people are getting addicted to the technology. It would be really great for them to step up And rather than just creating screen time and things that are still done on the phone, to create things outside of that, that complement it and just encourage, hey, you know what? Instead of being on your phones today, let's play Scrabble at the dinner table, Mm -hmm. right? Let's play things that are educational but still fun. I mean, I have a whole stack of board games in my home and maybe twice a year someone walks by and says, oh, let's play that, right? It's just... That used to be fun. You know, my grandmother used to always play Mahjong with the girls and they would, you know, they'd talk and I'd play Scrabble with mom and it's just uh, whatever, Monopoly, any game. It was just you would talk and you would play. That's gone. Kids aren't in their front yards anymore playing wiffle ball or a football in the street. That's it. They're just not. And I don't really know the statistics of like, you know, community sports, uh, you know, but you know, from what I can tell, I think Little League Baseball, Midget Football, all of those sports, I think, are declining in population because kids are just, you know, finding ways to spend time laying on their bed just on their phones, getting getting inaccurate fulfillment, mm. right? It is something definitely to think about. Um, David Schoonmaker is the founder of Chalk and Social, our guest, Chalk and Social, that's all this one word, dot com. 
website. There's a lot of information uh, there as well. In a closing thought, word to the wise, I guess, here. Screen time versus face-to-face time. How can we find a balance? That's really that's really the key. Screen time right now, you know, that 10% of the day that we have to do anything we want, mm-hmm. 80% of it is now spent on screen time. <laughs> and I think the balance is a matter of parents just really reinforcing rules. You can't have your phone at the dinner table. You know, after 9 o'clock at night, put your phones away, get a good night's sleep, and spend more time getting to know people. And all I could say is I think I've turned around some of my friends who were spending a lot of time on their phones. And when they had a unique experience with Chalk and Social and actually met somebody new, and I'll bring up an example, a friend of mine, Rob Lykoff, he runs a food truck. He was a very successful businessman, sold his company, always had a dream to run a food truck. He said to me, David, he goes, I have never, ever gotten a woman's phone number in 55 years. And Rob, if I'm getting your age wrong, I apologize right now. (laughs) But... He said, someone came up to the Opa truck, and it's Opa on the go, so a great Greek food truck, and he said a woman came up, and she wiped off the gyro comment that I had on my hat, and she wrote her phone number on it. He goes, it's the first time that's ever happened. He goes, I'm a believer. And then all of a sudden, he and all of his team, they they give out the hats from the truck. They give it to, I mean, it's just, just, you know, incredible. So all I could say is, when people wear it, something magical will happen. Maybe not immediately. Jen Friel, a friend in California, she was helping me uh, with the hats for a bit. She said, David, I was newly single. She goes, the first time I wore the hat to work, I wrote single for now. She goes, in 30 seconds, someone stood up and said, hey, would you like to have dinner as, he, as she was walking to the bathroom? I mean, that's no kidding. And it's, I have 100 stories like that. And I would just say to anyone, you may not love it, but if I gave you a free hat, would you wear it and just let me know if something interesting happens? And 100% of the time, they will tell me something interesting happened. Someone came up to me. I met a girl. I met a guy. I talked to someone. I had a great conversation. Well, what did you write on your hat? Well, I wrote this. And you know what happened when I first started promoting the hat? I would have pictures of hats on the website that already had chalkboards drawn on them. So people would look and say, well, I don't want that chalkboard with a caterpillar on it. I'm like, well, that's a six-year-old kid that drew the caterpillar. The chalkboards are blank. You draw whatever you want. So it's just, you know, magical things will happen whatever you write, right? And that's really the case. You know, I, I always envision a shy kid in class sitting next to a girl that he has a crush on. It's a commercial I would love to make. And he comes in class without a hat on, and he just can't even look over at her because he's too shy. And 50% of people say they're shy, especially kids, of course. And the next day he comes in with his chalk and social hat on, but there's nothing on the board, and he still doesn't look at her. Third day he comes in, he writes, I like you on the chalkboard. And he just glances over at her, and then they leave class holding hands. Mm -hmm. I mean, that to me is just a beautiful real scenario that can happen because it's happened to me. I wrote to, I write you're beautiful on the hat and I'll be at a club and the music is so loud. I can't hear. And I'll look at a girl and I'll point 
and she'll come up and give me the biggest hug because I just told her she's beautiful. I mean, it's another, it's just like you saying the handwritten note. It's another way to express yourself. I have friends in fights with their spouses and said, David, I used your hat and said, honey, let's get over it. I love you. That's it. The fight is now over because he used a creative way to apologize. Right. And, and, and that's it. It's just getting out of the box and being more creative and overcoming some of these challenges. And we all have communication challenges, right? Right. It's not just kids with autism. It's not kids with social anxiety. It's all of us. Someone might be shy when they just want to talk with a girl or a guy or, you know, someone who they feel maybe is more intelligent than them. But everyone has that. And this gives you that vehicle to overcome that. David Schoonmaker talking with us on a program. Thank you very much. Certainly good luck with your efforts, too. Bob, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Wonderful uh, discussion and an awful lot of fun as well. I agree. Thanks. Have you downloaded the Radio.com app? Well, what are you waiting for, an invitation? The smart thing is to get the app now. One of the reasons why it will be very apparent. We'll see you at 6 next Sunday morning. Have a great day, everybody. I'm Bob Salter. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.